area. And uh, I uh, had got done with the project, and I don't know how you all came up, but Sherry and our youngest Katie had come up to that area, and we went up into Massachusetts. She flew on a plane, right? And I don't know, I think I picked them up at TF Green in, in Rhode Island, um, Brother Chris, and uh, we have all these Yankees in the church. I mean, there's Yankees everywhere up here, and it's good. It's a good, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot more. Oh, so I quenched the spirit already, and, uh, but no, and I flew into TF Green and uh, picked up Sherry and Katie, and we uh, did, did a little sightseeing and, and uh, went to my dad's house. He was at the time living there in western Massachusetts, and, uh, and our daughter wanted to go to, uh, to New York City, and I said, there is no way I am going to New York City. It's not happening, and my dad said, oh, you got to take her. I'm like, no, I don't, right, because we were driving back to Missouri, and on the way leaving my dad's place that evening, um, I, we turned off south. I thought it was going to be a big surprise. I thought she was asleep back there, and we um, uh, drove down into New Jersey on, on the New Jersey side early that morning and uh, got on uh, a ferry and went over to the Statue of Liberty. And it was really neat that morning. We, walk in, we were walking across the big plaza. How many have been to the Statue of Liberty and the plaza, right? So you know what I'm talking about. The big plaza is there, and we're walking, and Sherry's here, Katie's here, and we're just walking through people everywhere. And I'm minding my own business walking. I turn around, I'm like, they're gone, you know? And I'm wondering where they went, and I'm looking. And way back behind me, uh, they were talking to some girl. And I thought, and so I walked back there. And uh, there is a girl that, strangely enough, played volleyball against our daughter who went to the Christian school at Faith Baptist in Spokane. And here she was on the plaza at, at the Statue of Liberty at the very same time we were. And this was the girl's words. I went over there and she goes, I saw these two people. I said, oh, that girl's, they got skirts on. I wonder if they're Christians. And then she goes, oh, that's Katie. <laughs> It's like, what is the likelihood of that? And uh, it was a neat thing, and we got to say, and I, it was a great teaching opportunity. I said, you never know where you are in the world where somebody's watching you. Yeah. We are 1,500 miles away from home, and somebody just so happened to see. In the early days of Solomon's reign, there was somebody that was watching him. There was somebody, as far as we can tell, about maybe 1,500 miles away as well, that was watching the reign of Solomon. And I want to look this morning at this subject, when the lost praise God. When the lost praise God. And we saw here, and Jim read our text in chapter 10 here, and uh, I want to go back, though, to chapter 8. And I want you to set the scene here before we get to chapter 10. It's really neat. But back in chapter 8, you remember the temple has been finished. Uh, Solomon was allowed to build the temple. It has been completed now. It is a beautiful thing. And uh, he is coming to the place of the dedication of the temple. He has called all of Israel together, and they've all come to Jerusalem. And at a certain point here in chapter 8, he turns and he blesses Israel. And all of Israel 
stands up for the blessing. And it's a, it's a, I would have loved to have seen this. And uh, what an incredible time it must have been. And, and, and after he blesses Israel, they, they built this big scaffolding for him to get up onto so all of Israel could see him. He knelt down and he put his, raised his hands to heaven, holy hands, and began to pray to God and to ask God's blessing on this temple. And, and among his prayer in this dedication, he, he, he started out his prayer by saying, you can go back and read it, that there is no God like unto thee. And I think we can say amen to that this morning, right? There is no God like our God. He said, who keeps promise to David to always have a man sitting on his throne. And he go, went on to say that, at, that uh, he asked God to keep his eye upon the temple as people come to pray in that place that he would hearken unto their prayer. Uh, Solomon wanted God. He's asking God, answer the prayer of those people that come to your house to pray. And he goes on to say, God, forgive them. Forgive those that come to this place to pray. Forgive them when there is defeat in war because of sin, when there is famine because of sin, when there is drought because of sin, when Israel acknowledges the plague of their heart and turns to you in these dark times, forgive them, God. Would you forgive them? And interestingly enough, he moves on from this, and we see it in verses 41 and 43. He adds this to his prayer. Look at verse 41. Moreover, concerning a stranger, a non-Israelite, that is not of thy people Israel, but cometh out of a far country. Notice this now, for thy name's sake. This is the purpose that they're coming out for the name of God. Verse 42, look at the parenthetical statement. For they shall hear of thy great name and of thy strong hand and of thy stretched out arm. When that individual, that non-Israelite, that non-Jew comes to this place from a far place, when they hear about you, when they hear about your strength, when they hear about your great name, when they hear about a stretched out arm, what, what are they saying, that stretched out arm? When they hear that you are a God that involves himself in the, in, 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 in the lives of man, that you're a personal God, when they hear this, right, what are they doing? They are seeking you, O oh God, right? They're seeking you when they shall hear and they shall come and pray toward this house. Verse 43, hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for, that all the people of the earth may know, that all the people of the earth may know thy name to fear thee as do thy people Israel, and that they may know that this house which I have builded is called by thy name. Wow. Solomon is asking God here, when the, when the Jew comes, when the non-Jew comes, when the stranger comes, I'm sorry, and prays to you and seeks your face, they're coming because of you. They didn't, no, no, not the one that just, uh, we're not talking about one that just happens to be here and goes, wow, we're talking about the one who, uh, who has heard of the name of God and heard of the works of God when they come to this place to seek you out and come into this place. Would you hear their prayer? Would you answer them? Why? So that all the earth may know thy name and to fear thee as does 
Israel. Watch this. Solomon wanted the world to know God and to fear God. Don't tell me the Gentile couldn't be saved in the Old Testament. That was the heart of God. It has always been the heart of God that whosoever will may come in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And we see Solomon here. He has made God the center of Israel. And watch this also. We can see here a heart that's right with God. Solomon's heart is right with God. Why? He shares the same heart as God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This was the heart of Solomon that all the world may know and may fear God. This is what he wanted. When a heart wants the world to know God and come to a relationship with him, it's hard to imagine that God wouldn't answer that prayer. If you look at chapter 10, we come here and we learn in verse 1 of a queen, a queen of Sheba. Most people believe that Sheba is in southern Arabia along the Persian Gulf around the Euphrates River. It's hard to tell. There are three, I believe, three instances of the actual name of Sheba in the Bible of individuals with that name. But here's this queen of Sheba. She's a ruler of this area. And it says here that she has heard about Solomon. She has heard about his fame. But I want you to notice something. She came to Jerusalem. Look what it says, verse 1. And when the queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon. Now watch this. You can underline this if you want. It'd be a good thing to, to do. Concerning the name of the Lord. She just, listen, what grabbed her attention wasn't just the mighty kingdom. There's been other mighty kingdoms. Her nation obviously was a rich nation. She's going to bring a lot of things to try to show off all of the wealth that they have. This wasn't what motivated her totally. It wasn't just because Solomon was a great king and had great wisdom that was going out. It was concerning the name of the Lord. We just looked at this at the dedicatory prayer of the temple. God had, uh, Solomon had made God the center of everything in the life of Israel. And we see here that Solomon had a heart for God and we, at the beginning of his reign. And as the news went out across all of the world, what went out was what Solomon was focusing on, the great God of Israel. And what was going out through all of the world was Israel is the way they are and the stature they are and, the, and, 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 the, and the, the wisdom that Solomon has and the wealth that they have and the king that they have because of the God of heaven. And that's all the only reason why. And that testimony got out there and the queen of Sheba goes, Ooh, I want to go check this out. I want to check this out. She had some questions that she had to have answered. Look at what it says here in verse 1 again. She came to prove him with hard questions. We know what that word prove there means. It means to test. It means to try. It means to maybe tempt. Can also be a meaning of the, can have a meaning in that word prove. And look, notice what she says here with hard questions. Hard questions. With, now, it, I don't believe it's just one or, you know, one or the other. I believe all of these are involved in her hard questions. Whether it is a riddle, is, is a hard question, translated riddle, or difficult questions, enigmatic, enigmatic sayings. 
or questions, perplexing questions. Hey, the queen of Sheba came to Solomon because maybe she had all of these. Maybe she had a riddle or two. She wanted to figure out how smart the guy really was. Maybe she had some parables that she wanted to see what he thought about him. Obviously, she had some difficult questions that maybe she herself could not figure out. Some perplexing questions that she did not understand. So she traveled 1,500 miles to talk to Solomon. You know what I'm pretty certain of? I could be wrong but I believe the text bears it out. I'm pretty certain she wouldn't travel that far just to see if he could figure out some clever riddle. That's a long way to travel in that day, friend. It's a long way to be away from your nation, which makes it now vulnerable because you're gone. This was a, listen, she had some pressing things she had to look into. And so her questions, though, watch this, were concerning God. Concerning the name of the Lord. God was the center of Israel. He was the center of all Solomon's life at this time. It's because she came. Look at verse 2. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him all that was in her heart. Notice that word heart. She communed with him all that was within her her heart. She didn't leave anything undone. She watched. Let me say it this way. We say it this way. She poured out her heart to Solomon. That's an interesting word that the Holy Spirit of God has here. That's an interesting word. What, what What are we noticing here? This is not just some academic exercise to see how smart the guy really is. This isn't just something just to, just, to, just to see if maybe it's not so, and I just want to go check it out, kind of like we do. No, not, maybe not everybody, but like the redneck does when they see the lights and the sirens. You just got to go check it out, right? I mean, it's like how hard is it to just to drive on, right? I mean, come on, there's not much else to do around here except to go see what the sirens are all about. I, no, this wasn't what she was doing, friend. It says here she poured out her heart unto Solomon. She had some questions on her heart concerning the Lord. Yeah. We saw here there's a king's prayer. There's a queen's questions. I want you to notice here some answered prayer in verses 3 through 9. Look at verse 3. And Solomon told her all her questions. Wow. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. That's interesting. He answered everything. He answered everything that there was. All of her questions were answered. Can I tell you this morning, every one of your questions can be answered by God? Listen, I can answer them all in this, Jesus Christ. No, there's some things that we may not, God may not allow us to know yet, but everything that we need to know that involves our life now and the rest of eternity is found in Jesus Christ. And everything can be answered. Solomon answered all of her questions. And there is some visible evidence that validated Solomon's answers. I like that. Look, look, look here in, in verse 4. And when the queen of Sheba 
had seen all of Solomon's wisdom in the house that he built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there is no more spirit in her. What spirit was it? Hmm. Exactly. What did, she, what did she come there with? She came with a very great train of stuff. She came with a lot of things to show off her wealth without God. it's what she, right? Camels and spices and gold and all sorts of things. But when when Solomon got done telling her of the Lord God, and you'll see in the text, that's exactly what he told her of. No, this is the reason she came there because that was the testimony that got out into all the world that God did this in Israel. And when she came there and Solomon told her the very same thing, didn't direct attention to himself, directed him to, 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 to God alone, She began to look around at the country. She went, whoa. The people that work for me aren't this joyful. I don't have this wisdom. They're not sitting at my feet waiting to hear what I say from the Word of God. I don't even have this wealth. This is incredible. Do you realize the temple in today's money, as far as you could tell, would have had about $4.8 billion worth of gold in it. Not including as time goes on, he's going to build him an ivory an ivory throne and overlay it with pure gold. As time goes on, all of his drinking vessels are going to be pure gold. As time goes on, he's going to have 300 shields, targets of pure gold. She's looking at that wealth and going, looking back at her little train going, hmm. Kind of like when we come to God with 50 bucks or 100 bucks or 1,000 bucks and really have a bunch of pride in us like we've really done something. And you look at the heavens that he meted out with a span and knows he owns it all. Humbles you, doesn't it? Praise the Lord it does. There was no spirit left in her. None at all. And she saw there was visible evidence There is visible evidence of the hand of God. There is visible evidence to this woman that God did this. His wisdom, his wealth, the provisions that they ate day by day. You can go in the Bible and it tells about all that was done for a day, every day that that he had prepared for his household and for those that worked for him. He saw their clothing. She saw the clothing and the garments that they had. I'm sure some of the best. I'm sure it didn't look like Egypt or anybody else of the world. I'm sure it was completely distinct from everybody else. She saw how they went to the house of God. Oh, I like that stuff there. She saw how they went to church. David said in 100, uh, Psalm 122, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, it's a cry and shame when the world watches you mope to church. The, it's a cry and shame. You know, it really is. It's an awful thing when the church watches you get in your car. And, uh, we got to go again. And uh, they watch you uh, go sometimes and not other times. And, 
and it's here and there and sporadic, and you'd think that uh, you'd think that uh, you know you're going to a funeral. No, we're going to the house of God. David said, "I was glad when they said, let's go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when a special meeting came up. I was glad when we had the Lord's Supper. I was glad when we came together for a, for a missions conference. I was glad for revival. I was glad to come into the house of the Lord. Hey, that's what the world ought to see. Amen. This is what she saw." She saw people just happy to be in the house of God. What was she seeing? Visible, watch, visible evidence of the testimony of God by Solomon. No spirit left in her. I wonder how much pride is left in the world just because they don't see in us the God who they ought to see. Hmm. That was free, it just came. Yeah. What am I saying? The lifestyle of Israel matched what they said about God. We know the end of the story. It's sad, isn't it? Several years later, Solomon's not going to stay there, is he? And what happens? Israel goes into a, into a trajectory downward that they never recover from. But here's the evidence right here when you walk with God. Isn't it amazing you watch people walk away from God? Isn't it amazing they walk away and then they wonder why the life just is a total wreck. It's like, can you not put two and two together? Right? Look at verse 9. The queen, look what she ends up saying. She praises God. She praises God. Look at verse 9. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighteth in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel for good. Wait, how did she know the Lord loved Israel forever? How did she know that God set Solomon on the throne? How did she know these things that, that, uh, to do judgment and justice? How, did, how does she know what judgment and justice really are? All right? If there's a law, there has to be a lawgiver. And who is the lawgiver but God alone? Right? And how does she know that this is justice and judgment? It's because Solomon told her. Solomon told her God, is, God chose us. God chose our father Abraham. God confirmed the, the covenants with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. And God promised us this land. And he brought us out of Egypt. And, 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 and by this time, I'm sure the world still remembered and knew about all of the events of Israel coming out of, of Egypt and into the promised land. And he, I'm sure, told her that God, by covenant, gave us the land that we're in right now. And here we have driven out the inhabitants. And here I am on the throne, just like God promised my father David and Isaac and Jacob and, his, and, and Abraham and on and on and on and on he told her of these things and watch now she's repeating them back why well she believed it if she didn't believe it she would have just said oh well that's neat that's isn't that cute that's so cute good job that's what the world's like sometimes isn't it oh you're jesus oh you're you guys are so one oh that's that's so nice that you're so that's sweet you're just sweet. They don't believe you. Yeah. She believed them. She, I mean, blessed be the Lord thy God. She's blessing God because she believes them. 
which delighted in these, set thee on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel forever. That sounds like a pretty emphatic statement to me. Therefore made he the king to do judgment and justice. And she gave the king 120 talents of gold of, very, of spices, very great store and precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as thee with the queen of Sheba gave to Solomon. How does she know all of this? Well, she's responding to what Solomon told her. Watch, validated by what she saw. She saw the lives. Not just Solomon. She saw the lives of Israelites that were changed and marked by God. She saw it. Can I tell you this morning, you cannot separate believing from living you, you cannot, we said that, I said it in Sunday school, a lot of Peter's problem was he just didn't believe God, right? What did James say? I'll show you my faith by my works, right? Poor Martin Luther didn't believe James was, should have been in the canon. That's one of his issues, right? James said, I'll show you my faith by my works. Go ahead and tell me you have faith all you want, but I will show you by doing, watch, what I believe, right? right? Isn't that Hebrews 11? Faith Faith followed by works, every one of those. By faith, Abel. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, on and on. And then it was followed by what they did. And what did they do? It wasn't just some work. What they did was, was obey what God told them to do. Yeah. And she's, watch, the queen's watching this. People doing, living how God told them to live. So she gave them a bunch of stuff that she brought up she left it with them I mean how do you bring it home after that <laughs> here you have it I gotta go <laughs> but I love this look what Solomon does though isn't this just like the Lord and she gave the king in verse 10 120 talents of gold of very spice is very present great store I just read this precious stones there came no such abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to Solomon. Look, verse eleven, and the navy also of Hiram, uh, and, and the navy also of Hiram that brought gold from Ophir, brought in from Ophir great plenty of almug trees and precious stones, and the king made an of almug tree pillars for the house of the Lord and for the king's house harps also and psalteries for singers. There came no such almug trees nor were seen unto this day. Verse thirteen, and King Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba. Look at this, all her desire. Whatsoever she asked, beside that which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. Wait, royal bounty, material here. All her desire here. What did he do? He answered all of her questions. All of her desires pointed her to God. And on top of that, just like our God who does abundantly above all we ask or think went ahead and gave her a bunch of stuff to take home. Riches of his royal bounty. So she turned and went on her, to her own country, she and her servants. Pretty interesting, isn't it? Really, Solomon, she came with a lot to give to Solomon, but just like God, she left with more than she could give. Aren't you glad for that today? king's prayer started at that dedication of the temple where Solomon wanted all the world to know God to know him and to fear him what is he saying a relationship with him king's prayer 
Wouldn't you know it? God answers it and the queen comes up with a bunch of questions. And he answers them. Why? Because he has the answer. Can I tell you, we have the answers today? Do you believe that? No, here's good. Let's try this again. Good place to say amen. We have the answers today. Amen. We do. Amen. We have the answers for the world. We have everything they need. And we saw here an, an, an answered prayer of Solomon. And God is glorified. You know, the world still has questions today. They're looking for answers. How many of you, if you watch the news or just listen to the news, how many of you are amazed when they begin discussing the last shooting or the last uh, school shooting or whatever uh, war or this, especially mainly these uh, murders and shootings and all of these rampages going on? How many of you ever listen and they're going, what are we going to do? And we've got to do this. We've got to do this. And why is this? And we're going, we're screaming at whether you're watching a TV or a radio. You're yelling at it and saying, that's not the problem, <laughs> right? The problem is Jesus Christ. It would fix it all. He would fix it all. He would fix it all. We have the answer. They are asking the questions and we have the answer. We absolutely do. No, but they're looking for it in science. They're looking for it in psychology. They are looking for it in wealth. Well, they just don't have enough money. Let's just go ahead and collectively, oh, isn't this convenient, uh, bring in communism and give everybody the same amount of money, and then all of this crime will stop, except the crime of the government. But it'll just all stop. You know, They're looking for it in wealth. They're looking for it in entertainment, just to uh, put their head in the sand and, and just turn it all off and, and, and shut it off. They're looking for it in false religion. But none of it, listen, none of it will satisfy. We know that. None of those are the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. We have the answer. We have it. Let me give you some application and we'll go. We'll, we'll go. Have you made any bold have you ever have you made any bold statements in your life about God that has caught the attention of the world? Listen, you were once in the world yourself too, weren't you? Yeah. If you don't think you were ever in the world, then you're not saved and you're still in the world. You were there too and you were looking for answers as well, weren't you? And there's a time when the answers begin to uh, not be fulfilled. There's a time when you, you've asked all the questions and you're like, now what? Have you Listen, they're, they're looking. The world is looking like we were looking one time. Have you made any bold statements about God that has caught the attention of the world? Whether it's in your words, whether it's in your proclamation, whether it's in the way you live out the Word of God in a visible way that they can see uh, the Word of God in your life. Have you ever, how are you making statements about God that the world says, I want to find, I need to ask some questions. Is there anything in your life that draws people to ask you about God. Is, is there anything in our life that the world, that is just drawing them in, uh, to, to say, I, uh, why do you do that? So why do you go to church Sunday night? That's weird. Right? 
Wednesday? What do you do on Wednesdays? What do you do Sunday morning? Well, I mean, the guy screams at us and we sing some songs. What do you do Sunday night? Well, we sing songs and he screams at us again. And what do you do Wednesday night? Well, a couple, a few less songs and then he screams again. Why do you do that? Because we like it. <laughs> you like it? I don't know. Yeah. It, It's not, it's, it's, I, I tell, I've told people, I, I love it when some people just want truth. I said, friend, sometimes I like having my face ripped off because I need it. No, it's not a bad thing, right? It's not a bad thing. It's not, it's undergirded by the love of God, right? We, we understand this as believers. Yeah. And the world goes, well, why, what? Do you really, wait, wait, do you really want the world to know God? No, I know how easy it is, especially the older we get, how easy it is to just get set in, in our little life that we have finally, finally worked and slaved to get to a place where it's comfortable and I don't have to think so much. I've got my routine. I can get up and drink coffee and read my Bible and go out and do whatever. And, and I, do, I mean, it's just, I, I've, I've worked my whole life for this. I like this now. Sometimes it's easy to lose sight of why we're here. At no point in the ministry of Jesus Christ did he go, finally. Now I've got my nice routine. This is good. Yeah. The Queen of Sheba had heard so much about the God of Solomon that she had to go see if he could answer her questions hold on can you answer the questions of the lost I've quoted it be ready to give every man an answer kind of paraphrase of an an, of the, give every man an answer of the hope which lieth within you can you answer the questions no I, I, friend, I know I know we're, there's times we're going to have to go I'm going to have to get back to you on that one that's great do it and get back to them But Lord, I am, you're not Lord. Who am I talking to? You. There are some, listen, there are some basic questions we ought to be able to answer. So how is somebody born again? What does it mean to believe the gospel? Right. How does somebody get saved from, from hell? You know, what is hell? What is heaven? I mean, there's some basic things we ought to be able to answer the lost when they ask questions. You see today, when our life matches the truth of our words, when our life matches the truth of our words, the world can find the answer that they're looking for and watch God will be glorified and people will come to know Him like we know Him. Who's your life drawing? Not to you, but to God. Who are you drawing? Can I, can I just insert this here as well? Do you think Solomon had any idea that his words were going to get down to the Queen of Sheba? <laughs> just as much as we believed we had run into a girl from Spokane in the plaza in New York City in, at, the, at the Statue of Liberty. Not a clue.
not a clue. May God help us this morning to live a life that not only proclaims the greatness of our God, but is a visible evidence of what we proclaim. That as the world around us is watching, they would come and say, well, explain this, would you? You know what you'll do? You'll just direct them to the Lord Jesus Christ. God will be glorified and people will come to Him. It's that simple. It really is. Our Father, this morning, thank you for just a poignant reminder of the heart of Solomon at this stage of of his life. It's tragedy. We know where it goes. But we're thankful for this. We're thankful you are, you, you are the eternal now and you deal with us where we are. And you did not deal with Solomon where he was going to be because you knew that. But you dealt with him right here. And I'm thankful. What a great picture we have that you, that you recorded for us of a life that desired the world to know you. And when the world came to him, and that queen came to him, he was able to preach and direct her to you. And we see the, the statements of her own life. God, would you help us this morning to be alive? Number one, have hearts to desire to see the world come to know you. That we, you would upset the, uh, that you would just upset the, the, the comfort of our everyday, if need be to get our hearts back in tune with you because you have a desire that the world come to Jesus. May you change our hearts, God. And Father, may we have the bold proclamations and live the the evident life of faith that the world would hear and would watch and see and come for the questions that we would open the door to deal with them. Would you make us those able ministers, please? of the Lord Jesus. We thank you in his name. Amen. Stand with me this morning if you would. The instrument's going to play. The invitation is open. The Lord has spoken to you somehow. Where is your heart this morning? Do you really want the world to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Would you take an inventory this morning allow the Holy Spirit of God to take an inventory of your heart and life? What bold proclamations are you making? What life are you living that validates what you're saying? What people are you bringing that would notice and come and ask the questions? As long as we have breath this morning, as long as we have breath and are on this planet, It is our heart and job to bring others to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never been born again of the Spirit of God. You've never been saved. You're watching online. You've never been saved. The Holy Spirit of God is drawing you. You know that you're at odds with God. You know that you are... You are lost in your sin. You know. You know this. You know the, the Spirit of God has drawn you and you know it. You know that you're in trouble with God and you need to be saved. You can come today 
and put your faith and trust in Him. We have people in the Bible, trained in the Bible, uh, women and men, trained in the Bible that can show you how you can know you can be saved. You're watching online. You can call. And we can tell you how you can be saved. You need to be before it's eternally too late. It is a joy and a blessing to have the Barnes with us this morning, and uh, good to see you all. Brother, would you close us in a word of prayer this morning? Yes, sir. Father, 